as we're still continuing on this series of Lent and the Holy Spirit in Lent and, and what does it look like and, and what is the Holy Spirit and then how does that come into Lent and, uh, and Lent is this, these, these days before Easter, uh, like we've talked about, that Easter actually has a season uh, and Lent is part of that season. It's not celebrated in all traditions, uh, but we're observing it and, and it's where we're looking at this passage uh, where Jesus uh, is fasting for 40 days. He's led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Um, he's tempted by Satan, and he comes out of the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. And so when we talk about Lent, we talk about maybe sometimes uh, people will give stuff up for Lent, uh, maybe, you know, like a bad attitude, or maybe like Jaden, who said she was going to be nice to me for Lent. I don't think really, Scott, there's some theological stuff going on there that we need to talk about, but um, here's the deal. Um, the, the deal is this, let's not let Lent become this just religious duty though, all right? Uh, another activity that we check off the box and then, you know, okay, well, I gave that up. Uh, my life wasn't changed at all, but I gave it up, all right? And so, um, yay for me, all right? And so, um, before we get started, though, I do want to thank Scott uh, Smith for sharing last week about led, led by the Spirit uh, into the wilderness. Uh, I, I know that um, that timing of that message, you guys probably don't know this, but the timing of that message um, could not have been more uh, on point, honestly. And so, I appreciate you, man. really do. And so I want to tell you guys a story uh, this morning. There were two hikers that ventured on the same path. And uh, this path uh, was about 60 miles long. The hike was going to be about 60 miles long. It was going to take about roughly a week. And they carried everything that they uh, needed. They carried it on their backs, uh, in, their, uh, in their backpacks, you know, that were designed for hiking. And here's what the first hiker did. The first hiker focused on goals. They focused on finishing, uh, achieving checkpoints at certain times. Um, they, they were concerned about keeping a steady pace. They were continually looking down at their, their watch to see that what pace they're keeping, where they're at. Um, and of course, uh, they had to let everyone know via Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat what was going on in the hike, all right? And so the second hiker um, was not really concerned. The first hiker finished actually a whole day early, but the second hiker uh, wasn't focused necessarily on finishing. Of course, they wanted to finish, but that wasn't their goal. They didn't really worry about achieving checkpoints by certain times. They didn't worry really about their pace, um, and they weren't obsessively posting to social media uh, what they decided to do was actually take in the hike. And so um, here's what they did. They, they looked around and they experienced the scenery. They stopped to rest. Uh, they also uh, observed what was going on around them. Uh, they listened for uh, sounds of birds and water running. And so the thing here that I see in these hikers is that both of the hikers took the hike and finished the hike, but that only one 
truly experience the hike. And so I want to talk about that uh, today. If you'll pray with me, though, before we get started, God, we want to know you more. So may we live a life more abundantly as we learn that true life is found in you. May we be found and formed by you, God. May we be empowered by your Holy Spirit. And may we receive the hope that is found in you, Christ. Amen. And so we continue this thing called Lent, and we're reflecting. If you guys don't know, we're in a passage um, in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. Uh, But today we're going to focus on on a verse, uh, on two little passages uh, here. And and we see that Jesus is led in, he's tempted by Satan while he's fasting, and he overcomes temptation. Um, and, but I want to remind you of a couple of things, that the wilderness is uncultivated, uninhabitable, and inhospitable. Remember, this is what Jesus is going into. This is what he is embracing. Uh, we see that Jesus is embracing the wilderness. And three, we have to remember that the Holy Spirit is part of the Holy Trinity uh, that is made up of Father, Son, uh, and Spirit, three and one. Uh, remember this, the Holy Spirit did not just show up in the New Testament. The Holy Spirit has been around. He's been at work. He's the advocate. Uh, he's the counselor. Um, now, he would come in a new way in the New Testament, uh, but he's been around. He's been inspiring. Um, and so today, I want to talk about Luke uh, 4, 1 and 2. And so if you'll turn with me, Air Bible's got it up there. Um, it says this, and then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at that time and became very hungry. Those are the verses that I want to focus on. And really, uh, the last part of verse 2 there, uh, when we talk about Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. In other words, Jesus was fasting, right? And this is something that we don't, we don't really talk about. I can't remember the last time we've talked about this. Uh, it, definitely not. Uh, I've never taught on it. Never. Fasting. And so what I want to look at is uh, focus our attention on what is fasting? What is the meaning of it? What is the purpose of it? Why would, why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus, why'd you go into the desert? You knew you were going into the desert. Take a cliff bar, you know? I mean, what are you, I mean, it seems unprepared to me, but it's intentional, right? And so, so Jesus is there. He's, he hasn't eaten anything. And what we're talking about there is that Jesus ate nothing and he had water for 40 days, all right? And, and so biblical fasting, I want to ask this question first. What is fasting and then what is the purpose of it, all right? Now, there's a lot of fasting going on in the world today. Does everybody get that, especially America, all right? Have you ever, guys ever heard of intermediate, intermittent fasting, Okay. So that's like has to do with like diet or something like this. Biblical fasting, what we're talking about, has to do with spiritual stuff, all right? And can those two overlap? I'm sure they can, all right? But I want to talk specifically about biblical fasting and um, not fasting Instagram uh, between the hours of 7 and 9 p.m., okay? I mean, like, I'm going to talk about food fast today, um, and, and what does that mean? 
okay? And so it's for spiritual purposes. It's denying yourself that you can be closer to God. Well, how is not eating allowing me to be closer to God, all right? Uh, And so we want to explore that a little bit today. There is a difference between fasting and hunger strike. Hunger strike says, hey, look, I'm doing something. I'm hunger striking. If you don't do what I get to ask you to do, then I'm going to die. Fasting is uh, nobody really knows that you're doing it, okay? Uh, Really, the people, I mean, I would highly advise you all, if you're the cook in your house, um, or if someone is cooking dinner for you, let them know that you're fasting. Don't just have the food in front of you and not eat it, okay? That's awkward. You can go over and, you know, you can say, hey, I'm not eating uh, tonight, and maybe it works out that they're cooking something gross, and you're fasting. So, um, and so, uh, fasting is typically private; it draws no attention to itself. And so, while hunger strikes are uh, manipulating uh, something, all right. And, and let me let me just go ahead and say this: fasting is not a formula to manipulate God either. All right. Uh, fasting is something that we do uh, as an attitude of worship that is God-centered. And I'll, I'll say this, when fasting becomes the focus of the fast, you can go ahead and stop fasting. All right? God is the center of the fast. Now, I, I want to say this, it, you know, some of you might leave here today and you might have some fried chicken that you're going to eat and that's cool. Here, don't, don't let this thing of fasting again become this religious checkbox that we do. But I was challenged as I'm preparing this message is that it was hitting me like, I need to do this more. I need to do this more, and we're going to discover what I'm talking about, and, and not so I can be uh, super spiritual, uh, but so that I can endure more. I think we live in a society, I don't think, we live in a society um, where we have become, how do you say it? Pansies, okay, yeah, so... For example, right now, and I'm just going to be honest, like in the middle of summer, right, if we were doing middle of the summer service and it was 96 outside and it was 85 in here, very few people are going to hang out, okay? Um, it's just not going to happen. We're, we're conditioned. And so, and so part of fasting is saying, you know what, I'm going to deny uh, what I want, and that can be food. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're married, that can actually be like uh, sex. Uh, if, if there's other things, yeah, Scott, why the look, okay? Um, but no, seriously, and it's this stuff that you're learning how to go without so that you can draw closer to God. And the fast isn't just say, uh, I have stuff to do, I'm not going to eat, It's, I have business to do because actually, instead of eating physically, I want to feast spiritually. And so we take that time and we use that and then we commune uh, with God. And so Jesus' point in fasting here was very intentional, right? That that we're going to, Jesus is laying aside the things that were naturally necessary so that he could overcome supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. 
Jesus laid aside the things that were naturally necessary so that he could overcome supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit. All right? And we're going to get into next week those replies and those, that conversation that happened between uh, the devil and, and Jesus. We're going to get into those specific temptations uh, next week. But today I just really wanted to focus on fasting. And we see here that it's mentioned in passing. Jesus ate nothing at all uh, the whole time. I mean, he became very hungry. And then the story continues. It's not the central part of the story, but it's an important part of the story. And so we might come to the next question that will give us relief is this. Fasting was just for Jesus, right? Right? Well, you could say that, but then you'd have to turn to Matthew 6, uh, 16 and 18. And Jesus says this, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father sees everything will, and he will reward you. And so here's what the language there that Jesus is using. He doesn't say, you must fast. It doesn't read that. He says, when you must fast, he doesn't say that. He, doesn't, he also doesn't say, if you fast, he says, when you fast. And so I believe that, again, this isn't, we're not checking off a religious duty here, but we're saying, Jesus is saying, when you fast. And so we have to read that and say, okay, what does it mean for me to fast? And so the indication is this, that if you're following Jesus, and I understand, please, I know that there are people in this room um, who have diabetes, who have heart problems, okay, fasting would not be good for you, all right? You're going, you're going to die, all right? I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you is that I believe there is something in fasting. And, and I love what Richard Foster says. He says this, this will hit you like a sock full of pennies, if it, if it hits you anything like it hit me. Why has the giving of money, for example, been unquestionably recognized as an element in Christian devotion and fasting so disputed? Certainly we have as much, if not more, evidence in the Bible for fasting as we have for giving. Perhaps in our affluent society, fasting involves a far larger sacrifice than the giving of money. See, we fall into the rumor, the myth of three meals a day and snacks in between, right? Or maybe you're a five-meal person with snacks in between. I don't know, okay? But we, in this affluent society where, where we are we go out for lunch and we spend a half an hour deciding where we're going to go. It's hard, right? It's hard 
when the dollar menu still exists, right? Like, you have it right there in your car thing. You have four quarters. You feel like a teenager again when you're scraping your change, but you can pay for a whole meal. Four for four. Why, Wendy's? Why are you doing this to us, okay? And, and so it's so easy, right, to maybe even give money, but it's so hard to fast. I, well, I'm not even going to ask, you know, raise your hand if you're fast. Okay, I don't know. I don't care. It's this. It's the, what I'm putting out there today is this. Is it something that we've even considered? I mean, this is right in the middle of the Sermon in the Mount. Uh, Jesus is talking about, he's going he's gonna to bookend it with uh, teaching about giving to the needy. Then he's going to talk about prayer and fasting. And then he teaches about money and possessions. It's right in the mix. And yet we oftentimes just overlook it. Got a text. I send my um, sermon every week uh, to a person that used to go to this church. And so she gave me feedback and she said, you know, I've never even thought about this. When I was a teenager, when I didn't even have money to give, I never even thought about fasting. Like that wasn't even on my radar. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, mine either. I haven't texted her back yet, but I'm like, yeah, mine either. If I was going to be up here and tell you guys that um, I fast at least, uh, you know, uh, 52 times a year, I would be a liar. But it is something that I've, I've now looked at and said, man, what is this thing that we might look into more? And so what I, you know, what should you do? That might be your next question. Okay, well, if Jesus is, he's not commanding us to fast, that we don't have to have this expectation over us that, okay, I'm not a good Christian if I'm not fasting. That's not what I'm saying. Have we considered it? And then you might ask this question, like most people do, because thinking is hard. Well, Andy, what should I do? You should be led by the Spirit. That's what you should do. Thinking is tough, guys, isn't it? Most people hate it. But I believe that, I mean, if we were hanging around Jesus, he would be challenging us all the time to think and check where we're at. And so what I would ask of you is, what I would ask you is in, in considering and contemplating what should I do, I would ask you to ask the Father what you should do. I think it's as simple as this. When, when we're out and about and, and you feel God's tugging on your heart and you say, God, is that you? Am I, am I really supposed to give that person 20 bucks? And you feel like a yes. Let me guarantee you, you're not responsible for what that person does with the $20. You're responsible to do what the Father's called you to do. Just like giving on a Sunday morning, you're not responsible, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're responsible to, to, to give, and you, and you say, God, what, what should I give? And I think it's the same attitude that we have with fasting. God, you know, not, not if, it's when I fast, God, what should it look like? Is it a meal? Now listen, some of you don't try to be heroes when you leave here today. 40 days I'm going in the wilderness, okay? Uh, it's not going to go well. Do this, maybe do a meal. 
Maybe do a meal. Start off. Just, just walk before you run. All right, but what was, what was Jesus' intention in fasting? I believe this, that, that he intentionally did without so that he could be filled with the Spirit. He intentionally did without, I believe, so he could endure what was coming his way. Do we understand the more that, the more that we can do without, the more that we can take, the more that we work on patience, the more patience we get? Do we understand the things in life that bug us right now? The more that we can do without, the more that we can endure. All right? And I'm not calling anybody out. You know, if a room that's 78 degrees bothers you and you just can't be there, okay? Fast. (laughs) Okay? You know, if God is, is stirring in you, I just say, just... Take a meal. Put it to the side. God, I, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm going to deny myself this because I want to spend time with you. And guys, it's not a sticker system where God's, you know, oh, good. Wow, okay. And I, in celebration of discipline, it says this. This person started off fasting once a week, 24 hours a week, okay? So a full fast, just water. And in their journaling, what happened was, oh, I'm surprised at how easy this is. This is so e- This is at the front side of their journal. This is so easy. I, I can't believe I can go 24 hours without food. And what they did is as they went on, it became even more difficult for them to do it. Because like when you first start exercising and you first get the gym membership, Oh, man, yeah, I'm here every day. And then that third week into the membership, or maybe that third month into the membership, where you're like, why am I getting up this early? What is the benefit here? And so I just want to encourage you, you know, as we walk through this Lent season, I just want to encourage you, what is it? And I want you to ask God. I don't want us to all like, hey, you know, Lakeland Vineyard, we're doing Wednesdays, no food, okay? If you eat on Wednesdays, don't come next Sunday, okay? I'm not saying that at all. I'm asking, what is God, what is God maybe pulling on your heart? And you know, hey, I would say this. If you're doing intermittent fasting and that dieting thing, Dude, change it into like, hey, I'm going to spiritually focus this thing, you know? And so um, the benefits of fasting, I think, are just immense. And this message really has challenged me, honestly, because I'm like, okay, God, what is it that you're calling us to do? What is it that you're calling me to do? And so I just encourage you, ask God um, what it is uh, that we would do. If you'd stand with me. I'm going to pray this prayer again because I just want us to remember that God is the one that's in control. And as we leave here today, I want to pray this over all of us. Christ before me to lead me. Christ behind me to encourage me. Christ beside me to keep me. Christ above me to keep me grounded, Christ below me to give me strength, Christ within me to transform me.
Father, we just thank you that you love us right where we're at. We thank you that we don't have to earn a fasting merit badge, but that you, we thank you that you challenge us to do things that maybe we haven't thought about. And as we draw nearer to you, God, I pray uh, that it would never be something that is, uh, that is uh, giving up something just for giving up's sake, but it is something where we're giving up so that we can draw closer to you, that we can deny ourselves, that we could know you more. So, Father, I just pray that you would move in our lives, open our eyes to the reality that, that we are the church, we are the church when we leave this building, your desire is to do a deep work in us and that you love us where we are, God, and you want to see us come closer to you. And so, Father, I pray that that would be our hearts. I pray that would be our hearts for other people, that people that are far from you would come to know you. God, I pray that when, when we do fast, God, I pray that we would think of those people that are far from you and we would pray for them, we would lift them up, God, that they would know you. I pray that our lives would reflect you and I pray, God, that you would begin to do a deep work in each one of us. And I pray that there would be a, a holy unsatisfaction with mundane. God, that we would run after you with our whole hearts, that we would know you. Father, we do pray for all the people that are on vacation. God, I pray that they would have an incredibly restful time. I pray that they would look around and see the things around them, that they would love their families more when they come back from vacation, God. I pray that they would have opportunities to be used wherever they are, Father God, and I pray for rest, I pray for relaxation, I pray that you would just move in their lives. And for the rest of us that are stuck here, <laughs> God, just open our eyes to see what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we don't want to uh, leave anybody.